Welcome to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything, sometimes we get messy, and it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel, I'm black, I'm a woman, sometimes one, other times the other, occasionally both at the same damn time. I have all the jobs, none of them essential. This week I'm a NASCAR CSI investigator, a, a macaroon taste tester, and I also wrote a series of coffee table books about white entitlement called Karen's Be Killing Us, Volumes 1 through 57. Thank you, Melanie. Yo, what's up? I'm Maximiliano, a.k.a. Maxi Need No Intros. Um, asking how to support NTP. There are a variety of ways to support Nat Turner Project. We have a Patreon page. Um, we are in a private competition with other uh, Patreon subscribers, <laughs> and we need to win. So subscribe to our Patreon, tell our friends. It makes a great gift for your grandmother. You can get her a year supply of NTP merch and content. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an Etsy store with so much fire product. Um, and it's burning the shelves down. Um, get it before it's all cinders. Um, leave a review on any of the platforms, um, on iTunes, on YouTube. Um, send us an email at natturnerproject0 at gmail.com. Ask us questions. Um, if you have questions about Nat Turner Project, about Melanie or I, we'll answer them on air, um, get a dialogue going. Um, and this podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram. Follow us there um, at natturnerproject.com. And that's, that's that info. All right. Thanks, Max. Um, today, it's just us again. We've both been very busy with our spinoff podcasts and wanted to check in since our last episode was literally hours before the whole country lost its collective-ass mind and collapsed in on itself. So, <laughs> um, how you doing, Max? I'm, uh, I'm okay. Um, a lot of shifting. As uh, I've told you privately, Melanie, now I have to move out of my house in August, so um, yeah. that's going to be consuming me. Um, what else? Oh, I do have a, a factual edit um, from a previous episode okay. to uh, address maybe before we go on. Sure. Um, so I th- I believe in our last episode, I s- told a story about um, my grandmother being at a play uh, in Alice in Wonderland playing high school, mm-hmm. and um, then I quoted it about being late and having to go to another meeting. Yes. But I guess my mom heard that episode and then sent me a long text about um, how I got a lot of the details wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Granny was the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland put on by the Deltas in the early 60s. I was at least 10 years old and she had to hop back from Nettie Lee Roth High School to stage. Um, it was not a high school for thing for her. Okay. Well, that thank you so for making that. Okay, 
Thank you for making that clarification. That's important. You should not yeah. be getting things like that wrong. So. Well, I know we, we uh, pride ourselves on accuracy. I'm uh, well going to be there, so I didn't want to uh, let down our standard. Good, good. I mean, hopefully one day our high standards will result in someone actually writing a review or, you know, <laughs> dropping a line. But I dare to dream. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that sounds so sad, Melanie. <laughs> um, I, too, um, am trying to move out in September. These are not ideal circumstances, but I was originally supposed to move out, like, in January, and obviously that did not happen. Um, so it'll be interesting trying to look for a place in the middle of all of this and also dealing with, uh, you know, not only being immunosuppressed in the time of Corona, but also being black while looking for a place in Portland. There are a lot of layers and I'm not excited about this at all, but some shit that has to happen. So whatever. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Good luck to us both, Melanie. Good luck to us both, Max. <laughs> we will survive. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you watched any new movies? Um, what have I watched? I uh, I tried to watch a little bit of the Five Bloods. Oh, uh, how was it? I only I only got into like uh, the first part of Violence, and then I stopped watching it. That's not a good. I wasn't in the mood for, for anything violent at that day. Yeah, and I haven't revisited it. Um, but I've been hearing from everybody else that it's really good. Okay. Um, but I was also afraid that I was going to be like a like a miracle at St. Anna's or whatever, just like a really slow, boring Spike Lee movie. Yeah. But everybody's saying that it's not, so. Okay. I keep seeing that gif of Delroy Lindo dancing through the club, um, which I think is from that movie. But I don't know. I can't deal with war movies right now. So. Yeah. Um, plus a Spike Lee song, Trust Him. <laughs> no shade um, um let's see any other movies um i've started uh re-watching uh the walking dead oh um i had watched like up till season seven like you know years ago mm -hmm. and now um i've rewatched up until like season nine i think what what season was the season where Glenn, you know? Um, that was, I want to say the beginning of season seven, but like at the cliff, the cliffhanger ending to like season six, and then it starts on season seven. Okay. When you find out who dies. Does Walking Dead hit differently now? Um, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, yeah, definitely different, especially the first season where they like blow up the CDC at the end of this <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> um but definitely like you know still thinking about uh that scavenger lifestyle because i also like i think last the last episode mentioned i've been reading parable of the sower yeah but i've finished that oh how was um, it it was it was amazing Ooh. it's super amazing i love how it was it was so good okay <laughs> um but that's definitely like that uh, had like a scavenger lifestyle too and like you know walled cities and stuff mm -hmm. um so it definitely feels like a a vibe or current energy. Yeah. But then you, like, I look outside my window and it looks like spring break. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, I finally watched Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, what do you think? I thought it was aesthetically very cool. Um, it was just, there were a lot of action set pieces back to back to back with no sort of, like, slowdown at all. It was a little overwhelming at times. Um, and it would have been nice to get some backstory on the characters a little bit. I don't know. But I don't think it was supposed to be that kind of movie. Um, Charlize... Like a, a, a movie with backstories. Yeah. Charlize was a badass, as she is wont to be, and Tom Hardy was, you know, he was cool. It was good. Yeah. It was fun. <clears throat> um, I have a life update. Um, I gotta pour out a little bit of this vodka for Black Betty, who is my trusty, who was my trusty iPad Air, um, not, not iPad Air, iPad Pro. I've had her for four years, and 
About eight days ago, she just died on me for no reason. And as you can recall, Max, um, I acquired Black Betty um, while we were in grad school through that technological loophole that we found (laughs) that I'm pretty sure they closed down after we (laughs) reaped the spoils. Um, I love that thing. Um, Gone but not forgotten. And is, it still, is the warranty still lasted? No. No. No, it is not. Are you going to get a new one at some point? I will have to get a new one. And some very kind people Venmoed me some money on Juneteenth, which will help towards that. Yeah, hell yeah. There um, you But you know me. I'm not at all looking forward to dropping 800 cool ones on a fucking, like, on anything. On anything. It's annoying as shit. So, I'm not happy about this, but I need yeah. it for work and stuff. And yeah, by... I have so many memories of you taking pictures for the gram with uh, your tablet or your iPad. Yeah. It's weird, because without the iPad, I'm not as engaged on social media. And I'm also slightly happier. So, I don't know <laughs> what that means. I may need to reevaluate the time I spend on social media. Yeah. So... <laughs> um... Uh, any other, any other movies you're watching? Um. <sighs> oh, wait, have you, you know, Arthur Jaffa, Love is the Message, message The Message is Death was streaming all weekend, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I've watched that. I've been watching that a few times here and there. I'll just pull it back up again. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I was actually thinking about that because I was watching it, um, this morning, too, mm-hmm. and then, um. I feel like I had seen another Arthur Jaffa video mm-hmm. at some point, um, but then it kind of made me think of like, oh yeah, this is kind of like, um, kind of like the way like we do stuff or like some of like our uh, assembling and like collaging, yeah, um, from like Black culture, yeah, especially with our zines. Because I was thinking about this, like how it, uh, how it kind of like um, mirrors aspects of our both of our arts individually. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about the zines as like a pretty like a excellent example of um a lot of like uh similarities or maybe like a shared language yeah yeah definitely i mean i i am definitely influenced by arthur jaffa's work like some of the stuff i did in grad school um particularly the video stuff was definitely like he was a huge influence um and it's really cool that they streamed it like nonstop for the last 48 hours yeah i, I like that because like i like just being able to get lost in the loop of it yeah yeah. And like some my favorite parts of that and this is random but my favorite parts are like um the Ice JJ Fish where he's singing <laughs> I've been dreaming and then Serena doing the crip walk on the tennis court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were your favorite parts? Um I don't know if I would I don't know. Um I definitely had parts that I feel like stuck out or that were like impactful mm-hmm. the most but um I don't know if I would say it's the favorite one. Like, the image that have been, like, in my head the most, probably since the viewing this morning, is the one where, like, the little boy um, is, like, yelling at his mom or, like, kisses his mom. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say, like, oh, that's my favorite. But right. that's definitely been, like, I feel like that image is, like, in my head, or has been in my head um, from this morning's viewing. Yeah. And then maybe, like, thinking about a chance, like, maybe, like, parts of some of the stuff that chance does. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, a lot of the imagery that I have consumed about Black Death in terms of, like, the 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 Black Deaths that were made um, national news um, have been through just that video because I've made a very conscious effort starting in, like, 2012 to just never watch any of those videos. So, like the the videos the clips in that video are like the only images that I actually have of those deaths and it's weird because like I don't know I don't know what it would have done to me to have actually watched all of those videos in their entirety over the past eight years I think it would have yeah. been too much for me personally like yeah, I know yeah those those videos are a lot I don't know um if I've seen how many I've seen or which ones I've even seen Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've seen 
any videos really maybe images here and there from mm. uh, some of it um but yeah definitely definitely don't want to watch watch that yeah i think i i accidentally watched the philando castile one um and that took me out for a good two or three days so yeah i mean yeah that that's horrible that's horrible yeah and um yeah his like girlfriend and wife is so just has to stay so calm and so it seems so surreal and just yeah I can't even I can't even wrap my brain around it still yeah. and it's it's even stranger to think that like white people and some non-black people watch these images and they don't do it doesn't do anything for them they feel nothing yeah very strange like they have to keep consuming these videos. It's it's very odd. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's like such like an extreme form of like othering or so detached from um, seeing like humans as humans or like what it is that makes people um, not care or feel um, feel nothing when you watch something like that or or even aware of that or hear the stories. Because um, yeah, I feel like sometimes for me, like it's just it's so heartbreaking just to even read like read text about what happened or like we just yeah. read like the article which is like yeah how do you think um using kanye as a backdrop holds up in 2020 um i think i think it, it it's definitely um it definitely i guess like complicates it in this way because i guess kanye still is um somewhat of a figure like the in black culture in black america mm -hmm. um so even though he's like um all like out on his trump stuff and um is, it, is that like is that still something that would be a part of the video as like um um time capsule aspects yeah so, so I, I wonder yeah like i think um there was actually i was watching like a little bit of a video i didn't finish it where somebody was talking to arthur jaffa about a using Kanye in the video and oh. I think there's our church a little bit. Um, but I, I didn't finish watching. Um, what did he have to say? I can't remember. I only saw a little bit of it. Okay. Um, but I'll have to find it again and show it to you or send it to you. Okay. Yeah. I'm very curious to, to hear how Arthur Jaffa feels about that because Kanye, Kanye in 2005 means something different than Kanye in 2010 and something different than Kanye in 2015 and still more in Kanye in 2020. So yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's wild to think about, um, <laughs> how Kanye was like thinking about like Katrina Kanye. Yeah. That's 2005 like, Kanye. Yeah. But even 2010 Kanye was different from that guy, you yeah. know? Yeah, he's all like he's because even like what 2010 was when he started wearing like the Confederate flag jackets. Yes, and shit, and, you know. he was starting to like really invest in branding himself in this. Oh very right, it's like yeah, black skinhead and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so what's up with the fireworks in New York? I don't know. Like what <laughs> the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Um, I'm like a bunch of folks I follow on social media who are New York based started complaining about fireworks like in the beginning of all this and like the fireworks just never stopped and now like I'm hearing that like these are like professional grade fireworks like where are people getting these fireworks it just and then also I'm hearing that it's not just happening in New York it's happening in black and brown neighborhoods all over the country like someone I, I posted it on it on my Facebook and someone was like, yeah, it's happening in L.A. too. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. That sounds like, yeah, it sounds like some, um, what's the, um, the, the, like, the, um, that one program where they were, like, uh, doing all the misinformation, the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like that kind of shit where it's just like, oh, how do we, how do we disrupt something? How do we, uh... Oh, Cointelpro? Talking about Cointelpro? Yeah, yeah, Cointelpro. Mm -hmm. um but yeah. it sounds like that it sounds like yes yeah, like uh one of those uh state-sponsored agitators mm -hmm. um that's what it seems like yeah it seems like somebody trying to disrupt shit 
Yeah, and then someone posted on Twitter that, like, they saw some kids running by with some of these fireworks, and they stopped them and asked them where they got them from, and the kids were like, the police gave them to us. So, that's weird. From the mouth of babes. Yeah, and then I was talking to someone else who does a lot of work with, like, social activism, um, and they felt that maybe having people set off a large amount of fireworks would disguise gunshots. I was like, wow, that is valid. So, I'm a yeah, little concerned. So, Yeah, I mean, that sounds, that seems like something. Yeah. Um, but somebody's up to something, for sure. Yeah. And it's never good. It's never for, for the benefit of the people, I'm sure. Never. Yeah. Should we talk about NASCAR? Yeah, let's talk about NASCAR. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes, Matt it Turner is. Project, your number one source for uh, NASCAR news, black NASCAR news. <laughs> um, NASCAR Turner Project. I mean, first, we got to talk about the name Bubba Wallace. That is a name for your ass. <laughs> like, like um, I feel like it, it all makes sense. I think it, it, it was like maybe NASCAR was waiting. Um, for Bubba Wallace to be like their their black driver. <laughs> um, um, I watched an interview with him with Trevor Noah um, this morning, and he doesn't talk or look the way I would picture a Bubba Wallace looking like at all. No Southern accent. He kind of looks like Albie Shore. I don't know. <laughs> like, and he's very. Um, He's what you would call a palatable black, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, that's interesting. That being said, I guess um, I am a NASCAR fan now, because I'm going to be watching, so. <laughs> you are? You are going to watch? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> When's the next race? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Google's right there. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I never thought about, I mean, I've obviously I've thought about NASCAR, but I've never, um, you know, thought about it. Um, and it's so funny now that, yeah, there's a black driver, because I remember hearing, um, that NASCAR was going to get rid of, like, or ban Confederate flags being displayed mm-hmm. at, um, the races and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, that seems, that seems, like, wild that they would do that, or, you know, but also, like, because of everything that was going on, all these, like, um, companies and stuff were like doing similar things, but then to realize that um, it was Bubba Wallace that actually was a like was the one behind getting the flags banned. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, because um, you know it was one of those things where like, it, what is Bubba Wallace like? Does he even care? Um, yeah. You know, if he's like in NASCARs, yeah, but out here, like you know, what like what is this person's psyche like? Um, but yeah, like I think I thought that was cool. I like the idea that he's like probably pissing off. A huge fucking NASCAR fan base. Yep. And I really like that idea. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. I like that. I just kind of want to, like, rally all the black folks to just show up at the races um, just to watch and agitate these mad-ass white people. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about the noose? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Did you um, hear what their excuse was for it? No, it was the excuse. Okay, so, like, for for those who are listening, um, they found a noose in the garage um, where Bubba's car would be, right? Um, and ba- they did some investigating. For those who can't see me, which is everyone, I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> um, and apparently that noose had, and this is to paraphrase, that noose had been there already. Um, and it was just, uh, they used it to close the garage door. That, <laughs> that was there. <laughs> this is NASCAR. Every every garage comes with a noose. <laughs> is it me or are the lies just getting worse and worse? Like they're not even fucking trying anymore. I think they. I think they've always never had to try on any lie. So I was like, I don't think they even like know how to like lie because they just like whatever. Mm. Hmm. Um, Bubba's got his work cut out for him. Like, nobody wants to be fucking Jackie Robinson. Like, nobody wants that. So, um, prayers up for him. That's a, that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard road. So. 
Yeah, yeah, who knows, but who knows, maybe, like, a generation from now, there'll be a, a bunch of black NASCAR drivers. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> are we are we appropriating NASCAR? Is that... Sure, let's do it. <laughs> is NASCAR the one where they go around and around in a circle, or is that a different one? No, that's NASCAR. They okay. Go a, just a big circle. Okay. <laughs> or I guess an oval. Yeah. Okay. Oval office. Mm. Conspiracy. <laughs> Message. <laughs> um yeah i see Bubba wallace in this little picture with his little american flag mask giving thumbs up with the endorsements on his little suit i i can go for that sure why not yeah it says petty it says petty on his uh suit yeah Richard Petty Motorsports, but mm-hmm. all I see is the Petty, and I am for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is a, a fascinating uh, turn of events. Yeah. Uh, can I read the Bossip um, article headline for yeah. this? Bossip is world renowned for their for their headlines. Um, if you don't know what Bossip is. Um, it's basically just like a gossip site, um, with a target demographic of black people, but their headlines are for sure the scene stealer every single time. Um, that is where I learned the phrase smashed cakes to smithereens and (laughs) other such lovely (laughs) lines. So, um, for their reportage on this story, they, um, the headline is, fuck what they talk about. Bubba Wallace pushes back against fishy FBI report decrying hate crime. It was a straight-up noose. So. <laughs> Give Boss up all the Pulitzers. They just need all yep. of them. <laughs> um. So, what's your thing about noose, nooses and Confederate flags? I see you have a note here for that. Oh, no, that was still just the, the note about the things we just talked about. Okay. Um. Should we talk about our relief program? Yeah, we should. Um. Like... I don't know if we're going to, by the time we post this, the relief program will be over, but on the off chance that it's not, um, yeah, Nat Turner Project teamed up with Black Arti- a Black Art Ecology of Portland, and um, last month we were able to give out 35 uh, stipends of $200 to Black and POC, POC artists, and we're doing, again, doing it again this month, so. Yeah, hell yeah, um, and we're doing... Uh already raising funds for a third round yeah as well um we've been working uh with street to town um on this and um you know there's a there's talk of me trying to make it um a regular thing or a somewhat regular thing mm-hmm. um which would be cool a cool way to help out the community especially with not knowing <clears throat> um what the future holds yeah um definitely um definitely has been something i think um I've uh, been glad I've had as like a positive thing to focus on during, um, you know, everything that's going on with the world. I've been uh, glad to have this project for sure. Me too. Yeah. It's, it's kept me from feeling completely just out of it. I think, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so the application is super easy. If you are black, or POC artist in Portland, you should definitely apply because you're probably going to get it. Um, we still have a few more stipends to give out. Like, uh, uh, so yeah, black folks, POC folks, artists, and I use artist as a very broad umbrella term. You should apply. Go on our website, natturnerproject.co. NatTurnerProject.co, apply for this, okay? All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, why do you think people listen to us? <laughs> um, I don't know, I was wondering that. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like we're, um, I mean, I think you're, you're a better source of news, but I don't feel like I'm a particularly good source of news. I was like, I think I've heard this thing. Maybe I read this thing somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but we're not here to be news, though. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. It's like, so maybe it's not news. So mm-hmm. what else is it? Um, 
I don't know, because sometimes I was wondering, is like, oh, is it like, um, is it like about like wanting to know more about us, or is it just like wanting to know about what natural current project is up to as far as like projects and activities? Is it wanting like our opinions on um, whatever the topic of the day is? Um, are we like personalities? Like, I don't know. I mean. I mean, I guess maybe we are personalities, uh, especially since I think both of us are pretty private people, like, in general. So maybe there's a curiosity there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can see that one about um, us being private and then maybe people being curious mm-hmm. to see what we're like. Yeah. Um, peek behind the curtain. Plus, we have pretty amazing guests. Uh, we're going to start back up on that soon, people. It, it won't be just us. <laughs> um, hopefully, if all goes well, we'll have a very special guest next month. But I'm not going yes. to promise anything. No promises. But you did, you did reach out, right, Max? Um, that, was, that was a talking point. I thought <laughs> I forgot to bring it up earlier. <laughs> but we can, we can address it off the air. Okay. <laughs> um yeah i guess but see i think i don't think this podcast made us personalities i think and this is going to sound really fucked up and cynical but i think as like black artists within the context of white supremacy we're already personalities to some degree like there's some part of us that's being like packaged and framed for white palatability it sucks but do you think you package yourself? I think that there's an inherent part of that, yes. Just by virtue of growing up in this country, yes. Do you think you package yourself? Um, like, I think, I think, I think you're, you're talking, like, in, a, in the big sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I was thinking, like, in, a, in like, the art sense. Oh. Um, I mean, I think, yes. Yes. I think, um. We went to grad young, school. What like, did you say? We went to graduate school, Max. Come on. Like, I think when I was younger, I tried to package myself, but now I don't feel like I package myself as much. Really? So, I'm kind of going to be like a, a bon viant, um, like party kid, but then I got old. So why did you get an MFA then? Um, <laughs> I got into, because I thought there would be like some, um, some occult secrets revealed at the end. Of my initiation. <laughs> and were there? No, I just realized the secret was that there was no secret. Yes. And also, here's some money that you owe. <laughs> yeah, here's your student debt. <laughs> They're like, behind door number one. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sally Mae, you're a cold bitch. <laughs> uh, we gotta talk about No Name and J. Cole. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so I guess we should do a little backstory first. Well, first of all, um, what what is your relationship with either No Name or J. Cole or both of them? Um, I don't have um, a relationship, I think, with either of them. Mm-hmm. I know, um, I think on a old episode i mentioned i liked a j cole song um but that that was like the extent of my j cole knowledge Um, i have listened to uh the j cole song that we um are going to discuss and then um no names uh response song too so i have listened to those two songs um okay but beyond that i i did not know much uh about either of these artists okay um, I will say that I believe that J. Cole and No Name um, both came up um, in an era that was, I, I think I'd aged out. Um, uh, I don't really, I listened to No Name's albums and I enjoyed them. I, I J. Cole, um comes off as a bit pretentious to me and also very boring. I'm just going to say that. he His songs don't elicit anything from me. So I have not spent a whole lot of time listening to his music. Um, 
I don't have any strong feelings for either one of them musically. Um, but I did witness No Name sort of developing a political ideology over the past few years on Twitter, and that's been interesting to me. Um, I know that J. Cole did some stuff with charities for single mothers in, um, in North Carolina. I think that's where he's from. Um, and that's cool. Uh, that being said, I feel like J. Cole has exhibited some misogynoir and misogyny in the past, and I was not shocked at what followed. So, that's kind of where I stand with those two. But, essentially what had happened was, um, last month, No Name tweeted, um, and it was a subtweet, because she didn't name names, um, she tweeted, and I quote, Poor black folks all over the country are putting their bodies on the line in protest for our collective safety, and y'all top-selling rappers not even willing to put a tweet up. Niggas' whole discographies be about black plight, and they nowhere to be found. Now, she later deleted these tweets, um, which implies that there's a sense of guilt. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but also... There's a part of me that feels, especially in light of the nonsense happening right now, that maybe, maybe celebrities shouldn't talk right now. <laughs> so, um, I'm not necessarily mad at rappers shutting the fuck up right now. Certain rappers. <laughs> but, I don't know. What did you feel about that? Um, no, I, I agree with it. I think, I do think that, like, yeah, like, um, celebrities don't necessarily like no more or anything so like i don't think that like are entitled to like a bigger opinion mm -hmm. um and yeah like we don't need to hear from them i do think um it would be cool and heartening to still see them um like um active and doing stuff and like uh, in the streets and drumming them like as like a person but not necessarily like making it about them or taking up uh, that space but still like being a person out there supporting yeah. So, like, I, I kind of, I more agree with the tweet than disagree with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, I think it's, a, like, a valid point that, um, yeah, especially if, like, that's what you rap about and then, um, you know, mm -hmm. you're quiet about it, too. I think it's one thing if, like, you know, all your albums are about, like, partying or something and then maybe people are going to, like, ex not expect you to be like, oh, yeah, what's your opinion about this? But if you're, like, somebody that that's potentially your lane, um... So you think that if you're going to literally profit off of these subject matters, that you're obligated to speak on it? No, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's. First off, I don't know if I would say like. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, like they are profiting off of it, and like I guess the sense of like making money off of it. But I think I don't think. I guess I also feel like profiting comes as like the sense of like exploitation. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think they're like. Not obviously, we're talking about like a, a, a group of people, so it's not just like any one individual doing right. one thing. But I think a lot of people are just reflecting their lives, right? Um, in like a lot of like rap and hip hop, yeah, especially like when it's like about struggles of being black or like in the street. Um, that I don't necessarily say like that there's anything wrong with somebody like telling that story and then like receiving money for telling that story. Um, um, but mm -hmm. I don't think I guess I don't think that that will make means like now you are obligated to uh to speak to that but um i still think that um you know there's like a, an idea like when like when like the kill the whole community is out um you would you would want um um other people that have like uh um maybe like a pull to, yeah. to 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 be to be out to be aware to be uh engaged and not necessarily again it's not like they need to be the ones talking and like um leading but still like you know um be be supporting the ones that are talking yeah. and um, supporting the people that are actually like wanting to lead yeah that's fair that's fair okay um so yeah that was a subtweet i don't i don't personally think she was talking specifically about just j cole i think she was talking about j cole i think she was talking about kendrick she was talking about jay probably um just i think it was probably a blanket statement um but j cole apparently got in his feelings about it um and then released a song called snow on the bluff 
Niggas be thinking I'm deep, intelligent, fooled by my college degree My IQ is average, there's a young lady out there, she way smarter than me I scroll through her timeline in these wild times and I started to read She mad at these crackers, she mad at these capitalists, mad at these murder police She mad at my niggas, she mad at our ignorance, she wear her heart on the sleeve She mad at the celebrities, low key I be thinking she talking about me Now I ain't no dummy to think I'm above criticism So when I see something that's valid, I listen, but shit There's something about the queen tone that's bothering me She strike me as somebody blessed enough to grow up in conscious environment With parents that know about the struggle for liberation and in turn they provide her with a perspective and awareness of the system and a fairness that afflicts them and a the clearest understanding of what we gotta do to get free and the frustration that fills the words seems to come from the fact that most people don't see just cause you woke and I'm not that shit ain't no reason to talk like you better than me how you gonna leave when you attacking the very same niggas that really do need the shit that you saying instead of conveying you holier come help us get her to speed shit it's a reason it's like 200 years for our answers it's just to get free these shackles be locking them just cause you woke and I'm not that shit ain't no reason to talk like you better than me I'm on some fuckery tweet. Most people are sheep. You got all the answers, but how you gonna reach? Um, definitely tone policing. Basically saying, it was, to me, it was the lyrical equivalent of, oh, you a smarty art nigga, huh? You read all them <laughs> books, huh? Really, J. Cole? Really? So you mad because she reads? Like, <laughs> I don't... Um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think this was, yeah, definitely, um, <laughs> I think anytime, you know, replying to, to a general subtweet, um, replying to it makes it, makes it about you, if it, even if it's not about you, yeah. um, J. Cole definitely, like, got all, like, got in his feelings, got real light skin with it, <laughs> and, and then had the reply, I was like, really, J. Cole, you're gonna have to reply to this, like, during everything that's going on, you're gonna, like, um, write, like, a, a reply to a, to a tweet, um, from, from another like black artist from a black woman mm-hmm. um that seemed so so petty and so mis like guided and understood it seemed like 100 percent wrong i guess that I'm... yeah <clears throat> and then yeah. also you got to take into account like optics matter j cole is a much more established artist than no name like one he has more to lose two it's it's kind of fucked up with the power dynamics to snap back like that in a way, like the the context matters, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you said, like you're gonna come at a black woman right now in the middle of all the shit we're going through. Read the room, nigga. Like seriously, like yeah. this is not the time for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no name, rebutted. Um, uh, with song 33, and here's an excerpt. One girl missing, another one girl missing. One girl missing, another, but niggas in the back, quiet as a church mouse. Basement studio when duty calls to get the verse out. I guess the ego hurt now. It's time to go to work. Wow, look at him go. He really doubts to write about me when the world is in smokes. When it's people in trees. When George was begging for his mother, saying he couldn't breathe. He thought to write about me. One girl missing, another one gold missing One girl missing, another one Yo, but little did I know all my reading would be about There is trans women being murdered And this is all he can offer And this is all y'all receive Distract you from the convo with organizers They talking abolishing the police And this is a new world order We democratizing Amazon, we find down borders This is a new vanguard, this is a new vanguard I'm the new vanguard I'm gonna read it cause uh I think a lot of this is relevant. Um, but niggas in the back quiet as a church mouse. Basement studio when duty calls to get the verse out. I guess the ego hurt now. It's time to go to work. Wow, look at him go. He really about to write about me when the world is in smoke? When his people in trees? When George was begging for his mother saying he couldn't breathe? You thought to write about me? One girl missing, another go missing. One girl missing, another one. Yo, but little did I know all my reading would be a bother. It's trans women being murdered, and this is all he can offer? And this is all y'all receive? Distracting from the convo with organizers? They're talking abolishing the police? And this the New World Order? To which I said, yes, hell yes! Okay, thank you. Um... And again, this erupted in gender wars on Twitter because this is what happens on Twitter. And then, No Name apologized. Uh, and, he, and here's what she said in her apology. 
I've been thinking a lot about it, and I am not proud of myself for responding with Songs 33. I tried to use it as a moment to draw attention back to the issues I care about, but I didn't have to respond. My ego got the best of me. I apologize for any further distraction this caused. What did you think about the... Okay, what did you think about her lyrics and then her subsequent apology? Um, no, I think I think the lyrics were spot on. I, I was super into it. Um, I think, yeah, like it says, it said everything. That's like, yeah, like really, J. Cole, like really. Um, and then, yeah, like I... I, I don't think she she needed to apologize for it at all um but i think you know in her apology she like does point out that like yeah by me replying it's um continuing to distract from the conversation so i think it's, it's just like i mean i think it just showed um like more i guess like class or integrity um from her both times around than obviously anything from jay mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't think she needed to apologize but i understand um the point of her apology yeah do you think that she was any under any sort of like economic duress or pressure to apologize, or do you think that was that was her complete and total decision? I mean, I I wouldn't say it's not a possibility. I mean, I would hope that uh, J Cole wouldn't continue to be hurt and like trying to like be petty like that, like making phone calls or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I again, I I wouldn't say it's not possible or beyond possibility. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's yeah, totally possible that she was um, pressured into apologizing. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Like, there are so many other ways that could have went. Like, J Cole could have just he could have done that petty ass rap and then pulled back and said, "My bad. This is how maybe we should handle this." And he just didn't take that route, and that's a missed opportunity, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think obviously, like, I mean, if he if he read that tweet and felt so inclined to like record a song to reply, that it must have struck a nerve. Yeah, and maybe he should have just like actually thought about why it bothered him yeah. instead of just like taking the time to write a song. Yes, and may I point out that he didn't actually address the accusation in the original tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I hope that. We all learn from this and grow from this. It's, I mean, it's been interesting to watch No Name, because No Name is actually, like, again, like, I watched her get dragged across the internet when she first came out because she was problematic, and she, like, took those criticisms to heart and changed and adapted, and she's continuing to change and grow. She's, like, fully out as a socialist now. She started a book club. Like, she's really trying to do the work, um, and she's doing it in this very public way, which is a different thing, but... I don't know, like, she is launching a valid critique that has not been answered, so I am concerned about that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it it will be answered. I think it's still, yeah, like, people um, will know it's about them, but then we'll still... Yeah, I don't know if if it's, like, these artists um, are feeling like they have too much to lose or something, or what it is. Yeah. Um, but, like, are they not worried about, like, alienating their black fans? Or is it all, like, like, worrying about maintaining their potentially, like, racist white fans or what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Speaking of, um, uh, black music, I hear that Beethoven is black. Is this true? Um... There was, yeah, there was, like, a few days last week on the internet um, where that became the talking point. And it was funny, too, because I remember, um, I mean, I think Manny, Manny addressed it on social media again, too, but mm-hmm. there was, like, maybe three, four months ago, Manny was, like, um, posting a lot about Beethoven being black or, like, the theory that Beethoven wasn't white or that potentially it was a person of color or had some, like, African ancestry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that was cool to see that, like, you know, Manny had um, kind of, like, shared that information months ago and then it to become this like mainstream conversation um like last week but um <laughs> the thing that was amazing i love too because it's like uh regardless of like i guess of like how true it is or like what actually it is like how black beethoven was um i love uh 
you know, black people taking it and running with it. And then like all the content that was created from it was so, uh, was so amazing and so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like watching some of those clips like multiple times on repeat where they would, uh, you know, the videos of people like dancing and stuff to Beethoven <laughs> tracks or like there was the LeBron uh, was like listening to music in his car, but then it's like to Beethoven now. <laughs> it's like when you find out Beethoven's black. Yeah. <sighs> the black joy on the internet is unmatched like for real like we know how to take things and just the content the content it's just it's amazing yeah (laughs) it sure really is hell yeah yeah. we are so fucking clever (laughs) we really are else is going on what's new um i don't know if anything else is new (laughs) uh did you hear about um i don't know it was there was some sort of panel i think title was hosting it um and they were talking about black lives matter and they brought on russell simmons oh Mm mm-hmm was this recent? Yeah, this is recent. Oh, shit. Yeah. What, was he just, like, booted off stage, or what happened there? I think it was all remote and stuff. Oh, okay. So he crawled out of his hole in Bali where he's hiding. <laughs> um, right. How the fuck are you going to have a whole ass panel on Black Lives Mattering? Mm, mm, mm. And bring out Russell Simmons, yeah. Bring out Russell wow. Simmons. That's yeah, that doesn't make sense. So fucking tone deaf. Now I gotta cancel my title subscription. I'm not happy about this bullshit. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, well, that's yeah. That doesn't that doesn't add up. Um, no. Yeah, I had no idea that he was uh, out of the country hiding away. But oh, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Oh yeah, he better stay there too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh, should we talk about abolition? Or is that is that out of our lane? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Um, I got yeah. I got into a little bit of it was a heated conversation um, with a friend of mine who is an abolitionist um, because I personally yes I acknowledge that the system that we have is bullshit. It doesn't work. It needs to be destroyed. But, is the answer to not have anything? Like, and, like, there are are a couple of things. Like, yes, I think that we, as modern Americans, need to grapple with our belief systems around punishment and the carceral system. Um, But also... How do you fix the problems of criminality that are still present? Um, people still killing and murdering and and raping and whatever. Um, how do you deal with that in a way that honors the victims? And I don't I don't know. Like the the few things I've heard about abolition doesn't necessarily address these themes in a way that I find fully satisfying, especially as someone who um, has a background in um, domestic violence and, um, you know, has had many friends who have been victims of um, certain kinds of crimes. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on abolition, especially if you can't graft abolition onto a system of white supremacy and not expect white supremacy to seep in on top of that and just reify itself. Like, there has to be a plan. And I haven't heard a valid plan. So, like, and but I am for defunding the police. I consider that a transit stop on the way to abolition. I just, I want to know how abolition works. And I can't get a clear answer from anybody. I don't know, how do you feel about this? Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's there's a clear answer. Um, 
I think so many, like there's so many, I guess so many questions um, come up in, in what you just said or, um, you know, things come up. Um, yeah, I definitely think that, um, right, removing one thing without uh, addressing all the other issues, like if white supremacy is at the core, um, all these things have to like change. And um, like, yeah, like if that, it's still um, a factor or if that's still in play that um, everything that comes after that is still going to be um, infected by that and corrupted by that. Um, and then to think um, of all the other things that would happen for like the continued like reduction of crime or of um, people to like not, um, you know, like want things, right? If like everybody had money and everybody had housing and everybody had that stuff, um, that will lead to like less things. But then, yeah, like there's still going to be people that like are always doing crime, right? I think this idea that like, we'll live in a society where there aren't people doing stuff. Um, but then I still think, then I guess to, to your question of like what what to do that would honor the victims, because mm-hmm. um, I don't even know if, you know, who knows like what that is and does that change between victims? Because um, yeah. even now, I, I don't think, you know, people would necessarily say like, oh yeah, prisons are like putting him in jail. Would, it's gonna, Is that what makes the victim feel the best or like killing them is what makes the victim feel best or like, um, cause then it gets into like, what is justice? Like what versus like, what is like revenge or, um, like, do we even know like what those things are? I feel like that, like even trying to figure that out has been something humans have been like thinking about since we've asked that question. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I don't, yeah. So I don't know like, um, what systems could be in place that would, uh, still have people be safe and feel like they had justice because i mean but obviously now it doesn't that's not what's happening no it's not um but i don't know so it's like such a big it's such a big question but it seems like um you know like I, yeah like there should be a, a, a layout a blueprint before i guess like things topple um but again it's like who knows if you could ever make anything in this world to like implement into like a new world that wouldn't still have the fingerprints of the old world on it um, True. But I don't know. Like sometimes, I then I think about like you know ideas around like um, decentralization. Seems like it would have to be like a key aspect of um, some of these ideas of like abolition. Um, but then how does that work? Like so many ideas, I guess too. Like like how does that work in a in in the real world and um, us being so interconnected? Yeah, those are all those big questions. Yeah. I mean, now's definitely the time to ask them, right? Because I feel like we're we're at this interesting precipice where I think I think the largest percentage of us ever are ready to burn this shit down, like we're ready, and it's not going to stay that way for much longer. So somebody, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, usually, yeah, the people in power would be like, okay, how do we um, divide up this group that's angry? You know, like we can placate some. You can cause division amongst others, mm-hmm. um, right? Because, like, everything about government is just how to maintain control. It's, like, how to maintain control at the end of the day. Um, and everything they employ is about, con- like, it's crowd control. Um, and to think that they're not always actively thinking about that is, like, I think, naive. I think there's still a lot of people. Um, I think I, maybe that's part of the this awakening right now. Is like, maybe, like, white people are realizing, like, all the fucked up shit your government is actually doing. Yeah. In other ways, like, it's really fucking playing you. Yeah. Like, fucking playing you all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe not white people as much, but it's definitely playing fucking black people and other um, minorities and shit. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really daunting when you see all the, um, the systems that have been structured against you. Yeah. And they're all like working with each other that's the thing right they're all interlinked mm-hmm. like this one pays this one to do this one and then gets the resources from this one it's also incredibly inextricable it's overwhelming yeah. yeah do you think that this the ability of white people to see is due to the instances themselves or is it because they are stuck in one place and forced to slow down um, I think it's both. I think, um, you know, like maybe because of COVID and quarantine, it um, maybe accelerated, you know, like maybe had uh, George Floyd been like murdered, um, 
when it was in quarantine, maybe uh, it would have been like less of a like a national um, reaction. You know, I'm sure there still would have been a reaction, but would it still have been as big? And would it have been maybe like years down the road of like continued killing before like a reaction this big happens? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I do think I definitely think that um, quarantine and um, definitely played a part, and it is playing a part. Yeah. Definitely. Steph? Are we doing parting words? Yes. Um, so, yes, what are your parting words? My parting words are, um, if, you, if you hear about housing, um, hook it up. <laughs> what else are my parting words? Oh, my parting words are, um, be good to each other. Um, yeah, wear a mask. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, my parting words are also, yeah, if you hear about some place to live, um, that is two bedrooms, two bathrooms, hook a sister up, cause I'm looking, Portland, um, and, uh, y'all motherfuckers who are out there not wearing masks, I'ma need y'all to, like, I don't know, um, uh, I can't say the thing I wanna say, because I am civilized sometimes. <laughs> but y'all know where you can go, okay? Because because of your, like, asses, I can't leave the goddamn house for another six months because you want to go to restaurants and shit and bars and touch people and cough on babies and feel free or some shit. Fuck y'all. Okay. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> It wasn't necessarily a positive note, but, you know, you get my gist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Should we talk about Idris Elba's stupid ass t shirt now? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of black men, (laughs) so Idris, um, who is is constantly, bless his heart, trying to be a provocateur, um, Posted a picture of himself wearing a t-shirt that says, um, and it's right justified. So right there, okay, a designer did not do this. Um, And it says, take my, on the left, and then it has a list of things on the right. And the list goes, art, culture, fashion, life, music, science. And life is the one that's crossed out. I think it was on Twitter for maybe 30 seconds, and I'm being generous, before black Twitter CSI proceeded to drag his natural black ass (laughs) across (laughs) the social medias. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All to the tune of, like, to paraphrase, shut your ass up, or, like, um... Other people were saying, nigga, what? They can't take any of that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, and to Idris's credit, and this is why I appreciate him, um, besides all the other things that I appreciate about him, um, he deleted the post. <laughs> um, he put up, a, like, this stock photo of a t-shirt, and in the same weird-ass um, generic sans-serif font, it, uh, the t-shirt, it was a black t-shirt that just said deleted. Um, so, good for him. Um. (laughs) Yeah, and the caption reads, uh, when your own people went with it. Yes. So, you know what? Good for Idris for, for listening to the people, 
Um, and course correcting, because that is rare right now with these damn celebrities. <laughs> so, yeah. What did you he think? He must have thought like, he was going to get the exact opposite response and be like, oh, they're going to love this shit. <laughs> they're going to love. He was probably rubbing his hands together like Birdman by the window. He's like, oh, they're not ready for this shit. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, he, like calling his guys, like, cancel all those t-shirt orders. <laughs> Idris. Um, what do you think of John Boyega? Um, yeah, I like John Boyega. He seems cool. Um, I was watching um, a little clip of him at one of the protests just the other day, mm-hmm. um, yelling into a megaphone. Did you see the one of him crying? Yeah, that was the one where he started. Yeah, he started crying. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I'm excited to see. Um, like him and other stuff that's I guess not Star Wars but I feel like you know he was totally underutilized in like the first the last two movies yeah it's been interesting to watch him kind of like grow up with this weird kind of fame because like like I remember like from the minute his black face pops up in that first trailer these racist fanboys were mad as shit and content and kept that same energy for the entire duration of, like, his, like, tenure in the Star Wars franchise. It was ridiculous. And he was, like, relatively, like, graceful and quiet about it. But then, the minute that shit wrapped up and he got his check and he bought his parents that house, he was like, fuck this. I'm saying whatever I want. And he started trolling those races back. And now he's like, fuck this. Like, it's great. Yeah. It's great to watch. It's like, that's a business model for your ass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think um, I was, yeah, I was very disappointed. I was excited that I thought John Boyega was going to have, like, force powers. Because, uh, you know, the first one, he has, like, a lightsaber. Or even in the trailers, they show him with a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and then none of that happened. And then um, he was supposed to be, like, a love interest to Ray, And then that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I feel like all that shit, they just, like shoved his character off um yeah and then they just like made his character weird i feel like i don't remember what he did in the second one. Oh yeah he like went off to like the gambling planet and like walked around in like a space uh, like a water suit um and then yeah like so i feel like i was very disappointed with uh how they use him yeah. um, in the trilogy for sure 